Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Unfortunately, I'm not the reigning defending Undisputed Churchill Cup champion anymore because, by popular opinion, David the Smart Mart is once again, he is your true Winston Churchill Cup champion, and I just died another day. Well, that was a nice little Bond reference. I've got no time to bleed. I've got no time to die. I'm sat here. Um, I'm stroking Churchill, as he should be Churchill, uh, as he should be doing. I also have to say Churchill over here in the UK is an insurance company as well. And and they have a nice big bulldog too, you know, so they go... So when I'm stroking my trophy, my trophy's going... Which I did warn you. Now, I don't want to be smug. But I did warn you, don't put it out to an audience. Like, you know, we could have fought, we could have got, we could have mud wrestled, we could have done, you know, we could have done anything. But you put it out to an audience, you put it out to Tenya, and now your feelings are hurt. You should never do that, Sean. And I actually feel sorry for you, because it was a very, very tenuous reason for putting it there. However, I am the reigning Churchill Cup champion. I've got to go through Bound, Bound for Glory and other such luminary pay-per-views. And we will see where it goes. Um, I don't expect to hold it for long, but I enjoy the balance of power. Um, almost hot-shotting. It's almost like we hot-shot Churchill, and that's good for business. Good for business? Those three interns you paid off to vote for you, they are terminated as of right now. Can't terminate my wife and my aunt. Okay, so we're going to slide over to the stunning six questions here. It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. So, Mr. Churchill Cup champion, question number one for you. Shayna Baszler has moved over to SmackDown. Are we seeing the return of the Shayna Baszler that we want? No, brutal to the point. I got up this morning, and it's something that I, it's not going to be the last time I mention this, and put SmackDown on from last night. Ironically, don't ask me bizarrely, I watched Rampage Live, which is after SmackDown, but when I watched SmackDown, when I got up, that just says more about my sleeping habits than anything else. And obviously, they, they introduced um, this Queen's, which if she doesn't win this Queen's Cup trophy, then the WWE booking just needs shooting. But I don't think so. I think it's only a matter of time before they... Well, you know, they'll probably put her with a little purse and give her a wig and have a skip to the ring. And um, I don't know. I, I have absolutely no faith in the WWE as a wrestling company, per se, whatsoever, doing anything at this moment in time. You know, you look at that bracket for that Queen's Crown Tournament... I mean, she should be the obvious choice, but I can see her getting to the final and losing to Carmella and just for being you to come on here and rant and rave. Do you know what, big lad? You must have been reading, you must have been in with me. Were you in bed with me last night? Because that's exactly the thought that came into my head as I'm watching it. I was watching it in bed and that same thought, I looked at the bracket and it's very one-sided. And all the dross is on one side. And I'm going to go on and talk about this because I do not like Tony Storm. Make no mistake about it, but should she have lost to Selena Vega? Well, no. Now, granted, I like both ladies. They put the Sean two pick in the same match, so I had to <laughs> sit there and go like, who do I cheer for? Yeah, yeah. But in my opinion, and I do not like Tony Storm, as you know, Tony Storm should have won that match the way they're pushing it. And it just showed the futility. Because Selena Vega is not going to make you think, with all due respect, Selena Vega is not going to win that tournament. 
is she? So why did they put through someone that's going to make you think that she's not going to win that tournament? It's just ass about booking constantly. David, you're making the same logical point, but it's the WWE where logic doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 you're right, and I make this normally to you. But ironically, yeah, God's honest truth, when you said that about Carmella and Shayna Baszler, I... I swear to God, about half past seven this morning, UK time, I sat there and put that bracket came up and I looked at the bracket and I went, Shana's got a job to Carmella. I can see it now. And that's weird as, that's weird as hell for me because genuinely you've taken those thoughts right from my, my head or whatever. You know what I mean? We must have DNA somewhere around this world, mate. Okay, so standing question number two. What are your thoughts on Rissy Business Turning on Nick Alice this past Tuesday night on NWA Power. Right, NWA Power is. I'm going to ask you straight up because, ladies and gentlemen, we don't we don't do pre-warning of the, the stunning six questions. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean goes away, does his research, prepares them. Fair play to him, and they're always very, very good. You know, whilst we obviously like to throw things at each other, I have to say the stunning six questions week in week out. Um, are very, very good. Now, I got a message straight after Power and Ed by my colleague over there, the Knoxville Knight, um, saying, make sure you watch NWA Power this week. Now, I've got to be honest, I'd let my subscription lapse and I'd caught up with bits on YouTube. So I get this message and normally he never, ever lets me down. And I'm thinking, crushed, what the hell's happened? So I renew and I watch NWA Power this week. And I'll be honest... And I'm going to upset you, and I don't mean to. I really, in this case, don't mean to. I thought it was the worst NWA show I've seen in the last three years, bar none. And that's that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can see your face. You look disappointed in me. But do you want me to, do you want me to lie to you? I was really, really disappointed. Now, the heel turn, I, you could see coming. You could see absolute coming. That match was the one good point of it. Um, Tim Storm. Uh, Nick Aldis versus Risky Business and four seasoned veterans in the ring and until the heel turn it was a decent match and I didn't like the heel turn I do like and this is the saving grace and it means my 299 has not been wasted I do like the pairing of Tim Storm and Nick Aldis coming out of Nick Aldis losing the title to Trevor Murdoch and I'm maybe if there's another NWA question here in the stunning six go on and talk a little bit more and explain why I didn't enjoy the show, and there was a lot of contributory factors that brought it down for me. David, I'm going to argue that the ending to NWA Power was the best ending this week on any wrestling program because they did the turn, and they did the injury angle to Nick Aulis just masterfully, and I'm like going, this is what wrestling should be. Then I come to you, and you're going to like, I hate it. Do you know what, right? I realize, I realize that you, because... We normally never let each other down with such messages. At whatever time of the morning, with whatever's appropriate for each other, obviously there's a big time difference between Knoxville um, in, in the US and Cambridge here in the UK. So when I got that, I was like, wow, okay, bang. Don't want to know anything else. Re reassigned. It's just some I'd let laps and watched it. And, and what can I tell you, my friend? I, I'm not having a go at you for bad taste. I know why you liked it. I just couldn't bring myself to enjoy it. And there was a lot of reasons that by the time I'd got to that match, I wasn't invested. I really, really wasn't. And, I, and, and maybe when I tell you why, you you won't agree with me. And bearing in mind, I'm not sat here taking the mickey. You know me. Um, I'm not, I, I just didn't enjoy it. There was a lot of things that had tuned me out to it. 
And we can go on to this later on in the show if you want. Well, let me slide over to standing question number three while I got you in this mood. Because I watched progress this past weekend. And Carl Noir is still the champion. And he faced Luke Jacobs yet again. It's a great match. But at the end of the match, it got me thinking, is it time for the Black Swan to hand over the title to somebody else? Because he has literally faced everybody in progress that he possibly can face as a face. I tell you what, you're probably not wrong there, mate. But who would you give it to, Sean? I'll throw it straight back at you. Who would you have him drop to? Who's good enough to hold that title and take it forward? Bear in mind, progress is suffering badly coming out of COVID. ICW, whether I agree with it or not from the speaking out perspective, uh, are now starting to have the odd show in the garage again. And they're using the asylum, which is their training center, and putting, you know, putting okay shows on. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go over the top, but so who would you put the progress title on? I have two choices. I have a yep. interim, like short-term champion that you can make a transition to. And I get somebody who can hold a title for a while, but he may not be great on a mic. So which one do you want first? Both. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay, so my transition champion from Kara to somebody else would be Kid Lycos. And my right. other choice is going to be Chris Ridgeway. Right, okay. Right, I mean... You, again, I shouldn't have doubted you because because of all this NWA stuff that's gone on. Chris Widgeway, to me, is the only choice to take the title from uh, Cara in the current Progress roster. No other. Not unless they brought, say, Doug Williams back and let Doug Williams have a transition hold of the title and bring a veteran back because they could justify Cara dropping to a legend and a veteran. I, I, I take your point about Lycos, but even on a short term, do I see him as champion? No, I don't. But again, that's just educated opinion. I can see your point, and I'm not going to argue argue with it. I certainly 100% agree with you over Chris Widgeway. He and, and you've got a good point with Cara. Even though they fought and Cara's obviously held the title. And I love Cara Noir. I was the guy, I got you onto it. You could see my argument with Cara Noir. I'd like, I want to see Cara Noir in NXT. As much as it means handing him back to Smallman. I, well, and it, I mean, we may have been wrong with NXT UK. Let's just hope that things are, you know, going to improve. They've got audiences in now for the latest round of taping, as reported exclusively on the Rock and Roll Wrestling Show. Um, <laughs> but I think progress need to have a look at themselves because I I, I I used to get excited by an in-progress show. I don't anymore. Exactly. It's kind of like sterile. I mean, the environment is sterile and they have yeah. great in-ring talent. I mean, I can sit there and watch the matches and be entertained, but you notice the fact that a, their commentary team is not the greatest. Their host, I kind of like him, but he needs to actually be wrestling somewhere in progress instead of being a host. Yep. And you're just going like, this could be more. They need some fans. They need to just, or maybe it's just me with a North, North American bias. No, 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 you're not. You, you're not wrong. I can't argue with anything that you've said there. I really can't. And you don't, you, you're absolutely right about the host. The host is a better talent in the ring. No two ways about it and should be. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't, I, there's no North American bias there. That's looking at it from um, a wrestling perspective. And um, I, I can't argue with a single thing you've said. Okay. Standing question number four comes from AEW Wrestling from this past week on Wednesday night. Because in the main event, David, the Joker, everybody was thinking who the Joker could possibly be, but it turns out to be the very right person because the Heyman is back 
and he won and he's off to the races so give me kenny omega versus adam page at full gear and let's go ahead let's finish this story and give page the feel good moment right again i can't argue with you know i thought I forget who I thought was good. I convinced myself was coming out as the Joker. I th- honestly would convince myself Leo Rush was coming out as the Joker. I was so relieved when Hangman's music hit. I'm really, really relieved and popped internally. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The match, the, um, the only one I feel sorry for out of those six and hugely sorry for his Pat. Pat is such a talent and deserves to be, he seems to like be going nowhere. I mean, to me, he's the perfect TNT champion. Absolutely perfect TNT champion from size, ability, and what they what they would look for. You know, um, but anyway, that's a story for another day. I actually hope they keep him, keep Hangman away from Kenny till the first show of the new year, the first proper big show of the new year, because. Full gear now looks obvious if Kenny's, if Hangman's going to cash in. I'd like to see Danielson. I don't know. I mean, they've got obviously Danielson now and Hangman as worthy contenders towards um, Kenny. Kenny's got to decide who he's going to face. Whatever happens, it's, it's, added, it's up the interest in um, full gear, without a doubt. Um, and I agree with you 100%. It was well done. I, and I wasn't expecting um, Paige to come out. I really wasn't. So I, I was more than pleasantly surprised. Okay, David. So, stunning question number five. I got one for you. Who's going to win the G1? Who's your pick? Um, well, there is only one man. The man who's making up more moves and more finishing moves than any other man, including the Tesco's uh, Tesco's value move, value finish. It's, it's Zack Sabre Jr. Any other winner is incorrect. Uh, David, if you asked me about 24 hours ago, I would have agreed with you, but lost his match. It was a great match. Him versus Kenta was great. You need to go see it, but he lost. So he's technically in tied for second place as Ibushi has won his match and he is the clear leader in A block now. With right, that being okay. said, you want to change your pick? No. Okay. Any man who, who, who names a finishing maneuver, Tesco Value Meals, I, I, I can't not support. I cannot. And also, this is. This is New Japan. You know, on, fi- on final night, final qualification night, there'll be some twists. That ain't over. With all due respect, you know that they will do some twists, and they'll do it right. Okay, so I'm going to go to the other block for my winner, but allow me to get there in a second. I'm with you. I feel like Zack Sabre Jr. should be the winner of A block, and he should face the winner of B block, and that's going to be Jeff Cobb as he defeats Okada. And then maybe Zack Sabre Jr. wins it. But I'm going to take Jeff Cobb as my champion. Overall. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just just correct me because you've been more caught up with this than me. How many more matches have they got to go um, before the, the blocks are finished? We are down to literally the last two matches for every competitor. So we're right. getting to the very end where we're going to get in about a week and a half to the final. Right. Brilliant. So, so basically, Zach mathematically can still win it. Yes, your choice is still mathematically alive and determined. Unlike my points in this voting thing that I came up with to try to keep the cup. Well, I mean, look, we've done that, mate. I mean, I, I was trying to be nice to you. If you're going to keep feeling sorry for yourself, you know, no good will come of it. Anyway, yeah, no, Zach Sabre Jr., quite simply because um, uh, some of the moves that he's been renaming have been absolutely hilarious. And, and it's just pure entertainment. And I obviously, he's a, he's a Brit, and um, I, I love Zach Sabre. Always have done. So let's hope uh, that they have sense. And he at least gets to the final against Cobb. 
Because I do agree with you about Jeff Cobb. Okay, so there's the outside chance that New Japan may go with Okada just for the simple fact that they're in a pandemic and they want to keep it with somebody that they know will draw some attendance to the Wrestle Kingdom shows. So I can see Okada winning it, but if they're trying to book this way I wanted it to be booked and I think they can make a new star, it's either Zack Sabre Jr. or Jeff Cobb. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, both ZSJ and Jeff Cobb stalwarts of New Japan at the moment you know and Zach I don't think Zach's been back to the UK in a long while um so you know they might have some deal where they you know they're staying in Japan so they can be used you know appropriately okay sixth and final stunning question as we're talking our favorite British wrestler well one of them because we gotta still remember there's Will Ospreay out there somewhere and he'll be back sometime so yeah. question number six Zach Sabre Jr. or Brian Danielson who is the current techno professional wrestler in the world david oh bloody hell that's a, that's not very nice as i'm a huge fan of both gentlemen i've got to be honest i would go technically technical wise i would go with um zach saber jr but danielson's the better all-round wrestler because of all the multi-facets to his actual arsenal does that make sense that's not trying me to cop out if you're just talking pure technician I would say ZSJ, but the overall better wrestler is Danielson because of what he offers. He's got a little bit more size, a little bit more agility. He's got more moves in his arsenal, etc. That's why I would put... Does that make sense? It does, David. And to answer this question for myself, I would say it's Brian Danielson. This was the fact that he has more experience than Zack Sabre Jr. And I, like you said, he has more very arsenal that he can call upon now granted i want to see this match this match needs to happen so we can figure out who is oh. the best techno wrestler in the world oh that's fun that's fantasy booking of the highest level oh i just see danielson finally beating whoever for the aw world title and then he brings out saber jr out i don't think i think i think um i think the queen i think beverly would have to sit on me to calm me down i i'd, I'd be i'd be I'm marking out it's not even close um, but yeah um that's a good question and it's tough but yeah i think just danielson but only because he's got slightly more of an adaptable repertoire. Let's face it, if you've listened to Cornette recently, um, he was even nice about Nick Jackson because of the way Danielson brought a good match out of Nick Jackson. And it is, you can see, you can see what Danielson's doing if you know what to look for in these matches. And he is just, he's just a genius, the bloke. Well, that's going to end our stunning six questions for this week. And we're going to slide over to your dud of the week. It's time for Dud's Dud of the Week. What has set him off this week? What is on your mind? Right, um, surprisingly enough, despite upsetting you earlier, it wasn't the NWA show because even though I was hugely disappointed, there were still some moments that I, I could appreciate. My Dud of the Week is the opening to this week's Smackdown. Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, and... Okay, I've made it perfectly clear my not just dislike but hatred, and I know it's a strong word, and I apologise for it, of Becky Lynch. But when Becky Lynch is the standout, and I have to acknowledge it, of a a three-way opening, then I've got no hope. I thought this was awful. I think the the, the gimmick of Bianca Belair and her hair has run its course. I think they should do something interesting and actually have her lose it in a match. Because now, while she's used it as a weapon, and obviously we've seen her use it as a weapon in previous matches, to some effect, 
the Charlotte Flair moment obviously springs to mind. We're also now seeing her, her hair is costing her matches. So I'm not being funny. I'm a professional wrestler at the top of my game. And my gimmick, my long hair, has cost me two matches when I'm hunting the world title. What should I do? I know. I'll keep it so it can cost me another match. You know, WWE writing and booking, it defines common sense and logic. This did. The promos were, were awful. Uh, and I, I hate to say it, apart from Lynch's. And I really do. That, that comes out of the sick bucket, but I've got to say it. I'm dreading this match. I think they're awful together. The only one I rate as a wrestler is Sasha Banks, and she looks awful at the moment. Don't know what the hell's wrong with her. Awful. Just complete and utter WWE garbage. Okay, David. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't Bianca and Becky been drafted to Raw? So, technically, the only person in this match for the SmackDown title that can actually be on SmackDown after the show is Sasha Banks. So, is that like a red flag going like, hey... Sasha Banks is going to win this. Uh, in theory, yes. But you said it to me earlier. This is WWE booking. I, mate, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to say to you. You're absolutely spot on. Uh, obviously, you're spot on. You are right. It was a rhetorical statement you've just made. It's just garbage, Sean. And it is going it, The thing is, my personal opinion of not liking um, these individuals, it, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I just their style. Um, but, but they have... Sasha Banks has been proven to have some belting matches. You know, what are they doing? Genuinely, they're strangling them. Okay, so the only thing out of that segment that you're talking about that I actually thought was decent was the near the end where Bianca... <sighs> Got both of them up there for a second. Now, granted, I thought for a second they managed to fumble that up where faints fell off and they had to add yeah. to get her on the table. But that moment where she froze Becky onto Sasha through that table and she had that look. David, that's all we really needed from the segment was that last minute and a half. Just for the fact, look, Bianca, she's a babe face. She's looking strong. No, we gotta make her look like a freaking idiot for the first five minutes before we get to that point. I'm intrigued by that, Sean, because, yeah, obviously, you're not wrong. Again, yeah, again, I'm agreeing with you far too much. Um, Again, you're not wrong. I thought that was a botch. I thought that they quickly repaired a botch there. Now, I'll be prepared to take it if I'm wrong, Um, and, and it's proven that that was how they meant to book it, but that was just my opinion. I, I thought it looked like a botch. Well, I thought it was a, might have been a botch too, but I thought, hey, they saved it, and they looked kind of cool saving it, so... It was, yes. I give him credit. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that, considering it's on Dud Stud of the Week. But yeah, I've, oh, it's just poor. Just, just, just totally poor. It might, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how bad it was, SmackDown last night. It made me want to watch NXT. That's okay. how bad SmackDown was. Well, I have a dud this week. You know how I've been going on for week after week about a certain program on Impact Wrestling? Yeah. Well, David, they have crossed the line. And they done a segment to promote this match where I'm going, oh my god, why did they just do this? And yes, I'm talking about Deanna Perrazzo versus Mickey James. Because this past Thursday night on Impact, they had Deanna show up, I guess, on James's farm. And they fought in jeans and a white t-shirt and sprayed water on each other. <laughs> and I'm like, what the freaking hell is going on to the match that I want to see? 
I didn't know that. I genuinely didn't know that. I've not had a chance to catch up with Impact. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, okay, so basically as Jerry Lawler and Vince taking over Impact, Impact's booking. I know, let's have, let's get Mickey James's boobs out. I'm sure Nick Aldis will be chuffed with that. Oh, I didn't realise that. That's pathetic. Excuse me. You'll need the bleeper and swear jar there. That is pathetic. The fact that they need to get viewers by... Oh, I'm sorry. If I want to look at a set of boobs, I'll look at my wife's because they're still lovely for her age. No, I, I, no, no, no. I mean, she'll take that as a classic compliment, Sean. Don't hide your head. Um, that, mate, you, you, you shouldn't be surprised. The only thing I'd say to you is you shouldn't be surprised in your disappointment. Well, you know, I thought with Scott Demore, I thought, hey, the last couple of shows from Impact, they were showing some promise. But no, they cannot get the TNA out of Impact whatsoever. Well, I don't know what to say to you, mate, other than um, your disappoint- disappointment should have been expected. Shall we do something nice with what we've enjoyed, John? Yes, we should. Why don't we do the top five moments of the week? <laughs> it's RFPW's top five moments of the week. Okay, Mr. Churchill Cup champion, go first, because we've been letting you go first the whole show. No, 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 it's you. It's your turn. Okay, allow me to introduce you to my top five moments of the week. And starting at number five, I'm going back just a little bit to Rampage and the main event. It's Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. And the closing segment where you see Ricky Starks with the blood dripping down his face and holding up the title belt. That should be his t-shirt because, yet again, an accident has just created yet another star for AEW. At number four... I have a match from SmackDown. Even though you dislike SmackDown, there was one good match on that show, and I wish it would went longer, but since it's Finn Balor versus Cesaro, they're not going to give him a chance to go any longer, but what we got was good. Then, my number three moment of the week comes from SmackDown. It's a closing segment, but this is the last two minutes where you see Edge come out, and it's the rated R superstar Edge. And he beats the little hell out of Seth Rollins. Then, my number two moment of the week is the return of Heyman Page to AEW. Enough said there. My number one moment of the week comes to G1. It's Okada versus Taishi. And literally, David, I thought Taishi either could get the draw or the win. And I thought by the end of the match, he should have got the victory over Okada. Okay, interesting stuff. This is proving to be quite interesting because it obviously just depends on what you've watched and how you how you viewed it. Now, in my top five, obviously Hangman Page is the, the Hangman Page return is in there. Now, I've also included, and this is going to slightly surprise you, the dynamic between Tim Storm and Nick Aldis because I liked that. I hated the show, but I liked them teaming together. And I like the tag team. And I like the interaction in and around Risky Business. But you could, I'm sorry, mate, you could just see that coming. And it it was too predictable for me after that. But I'll I'll include that. I really, really enjoyed CM Punk. And, um, oh, the guy, not from uh, 2.0, but the guy that joins 2.0, his name escapes me. You mean Daniel Garcia? Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia, sorry, yeah, it's come back. Yeah, Daniel Garcia. Opening, um, now, again, obviously, we talked the Danielson moments. Punk obviously carried him through that, but he carried him really well. And you had the Everise 2.0, whatever you want to call them, on the outside. So Punk was constantly against it, 
to counteract the experience and the obvious win over a rookie. And I thought he brought a great match out of Daniel Garcia. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Included as a whole, and it's a regular count, NXT UK this week's killing it. And I hate Jim Smallman, but it's killing it at the moment. It's the best WWE television program on at the moment. And I'm going to be intrigued to see next week when they've got some semblance of a crowd in that BT Sports studio. Going to be intrigued to see how that look is and how the interaction is between the performers and the audience. And finally, my um, my moment of the week didn't happen on air, didn't happen on camera, came after Dynamite, where Tony Khan brought all the old ECW guys out um, in front of the Dynamite audience and had a bit of a reunion. Jerry Lynn, Taz, Jericho... There was a couple of others there, all involved with ECW. Um, I was a huge ECW fan um, back in the day because we could only get very limited. I got, I got mine. I was, if you like, a UK, the UK tape trader, so I'd have to go to shows and I'd have to go down and see what, have you got an ECW, have you got an ECW TV or even pay-per-view? So I remember getting um, an early de- uh, December, a proper December to dismember. And um, it was like, I, I just cherished it. I loved it and hugged it every night before I went to bed. Um, so I was an ECW fan, and I, I know Tony Khan was. And the way that man is working and behaving at the moment, I've criticised him on this show before for his booking and um, what have you. And it might be two and a half years in coming, but at the moment, the man is making very, very few mistakes and long Long may it continue. Well, David, we're going to go to the control center so I can give you the current standings for G1 and we can wrap the show up. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Well, David, so I want to start you off in the A block because your champion you picked, Zack Sabre Jr., is in a four-way tie with 10 points. He is tied with Kota Ibushi, Shingo Tanagi, and Kenta. Now, the advantage that your champion has is he has a tiebreaker with everybody but Kenta. So, as long as he has more points by the end of the tournament than Kenta, he can advance from A block. So, anybody below 10 points, you don't need to worry about now because there's not a mathematical possibility for them to win. Yeah. So I'm going to slide over to B Block, and B Block is basically the Jeff Cobb and Okada, can they make it through without losing to get to the final, as they are both at 12 points, and the only person in double digits besides those two is Evil, and I doubt they're going to let Evil get past the other two. Yeah, Evil's had his moment, hasn't he? He's had his little uh, run in the sun when they they put the World Championship on him about 12 months ago. So, yeah, um, I think we've got the three... We've got we've got the four pick two from four if you like um, from the blocks and um, what a four um, you know New Japan very very rarely get the G one wrong roll on Wrestle Kingdom because it'll be fantastic. Well, David, let me close this show off by giving you guys some wrestling news. I'll give you a TV update here because next Friday night the Go Home Show to that event they're having across the world somewhere. Is going to be for us in the States on Fox Sports 1. And it's going to be two and a half hours of Friday Night Smackdown. And they're going to run the last 30 minutes against AEW and get their butts handed to them. Um, it's interesting because looking at the viewing figures this week, I would have said that two weeks ago. I'm not so sure because both of them 
are steadily dropping again. Um, not by much, but what was in Dynamite this week? 1.1 and Rampage is down to about seven to 800,000 again. Um, I hope you're right because they need to kick up the bum. They need to kick up the bum to do something about it before it's too late. Because I want to see a healthy WWE. I really, really do. I want to see a WWE that I can enjoy and watch. Just don't get it at the moment. Okay, David. Another story I got for you comes from WrestlingNews.co. And P- yep. they're reporting a story from PWInsider.com that the WWE has hired Ken Doan to work in the Performance Center as a coach. If you remember Ken Doan, he was one member of the Spirit oh, Squad yeah. and probably one of the more talented members from the Spirit Squad. They never gave a push to, but I always thought he was a great wrestler, so he could be a great coach. Last time I saw Ken Doan wrestle was in MLW, to be fair. Yeah, I've got no issue with that. Um, obviously, out of the Spirit Squad, the two particular um, successes were Ziggler and Ken Doan. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, really. Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. And my last news story of the week comes from Sports Illustrated as they had a chance to talk to Alex Shelley. And he was basically just talking about how he in, is enjoying working on the independent scene at the moment and he's not signed to any one company. And speaking of Daniel Garcia, he had a match with Daniel Garcia this past week. It's Independent Wrestling Championship. That's where he wrestled Daniel Garcia. So maybe you can find it on YouTube or somewhere to check it out because I'm going to, after I get done with this show, I'm going to see if I can find this match because Alex Shelley versus Garcia. After a while, I saw from him versus Punk. I want to see this match. Yep. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I've got a question to ask you Go right if you're ahead. done with your news. I am. Now, obviously, obviously, we have coming up this week, 16th of October, Saturday Night Dynamite. Genuine question. I don't know this. Is it? Is this live or is it a pre-record? This Saturday Night Dynamite by AEW, will be live from Miami, Florida, and I'm guessing it's going to be main event by the Inner Circle versus the Man of the Year and one of the guys from America Top Team. Right, okay. In that case, I have got a question for you. The Lucha Brothers are putting up the AAA Tag Team Championships on it against a mass tag team of Andrade's choosing. Who do you reckon, mate? Who do you think it'll be? That one, I don't know off the top of my head who it could possibly be. No, I've thought about it. Because everybody I think of is signed to a company, and I don't think they could get over to AEW. Now, the only thought that's gone into my head is, is it going to be two members of the AEW roster initially coming out in Lucha Gear with masks, and then revealing themselves to being then in a lack of faction with Andrade? Okay, I'll raise you one. What if one of those people is Buddy Murphy? Now, interesting, because... yeah. I think if he if he came out even in a mask, Buddy Murphy would be obvious. Um, but hasn't Buddy Murphy? Mind you, yeah, we could be talking bait and switch here. But Buddy Murphy been been made clear that Buddy Murphy isn't signing with AEW. But I take your point because it could be bait and switch. Also on that show, we've got Danielson versus Bobby Fish. That's going to be rather rather good. I'm rather looking forward to that. Hey, David, do you want to record it on Sunday just so we can talk about Bobby Fish versus Dave Ryzen? Mate, it might it will make sense for us to do that. So, David, tell the people, have a great week as we count down to the days to the best wrestling match of the year. <laughs> as long as it's not on NWA. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, this is your Churchill Cup with his small but demure Churchill Cup trophy saying, have a great week. We love Sean. Even though he has his faults, 
Um, but we love Sean deeply here in the UK. Have a great week. We'll see you next week, 24 hours later. Ladies and gentlemen, until we speak to you on Finland Youth Radio, the Rockin' Russian show, this Tuesday, as this stunning segment returns after those British interns got fired, <laughs> have a great start to your week. Ciao. And stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.